On the show, lockdown returns in South Australia. There's mayhem in the AFL and the Olympic Village is being swarmed with COVID. Travis Boak celebrates game 300 and his loyalty to Port Adelaide. And maybe the best Falcon in football history takes out our route of the week. That's next on the Press Box. It's a very, very different kind of press box this week. As per normal, we are usually in the studio. However, this week, as we said, lockdown has struck again. And unfortunately in SA, we've been pretty privileged for quite some time to not have it. But this time around, we are stuck in our own homes. I'm still in the AA studio, but the boys are over Zoom this week. And it's good to see your faces anyway, lads. We have, uh, what are we, two and a half hours into lockdown. How are we going? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm back in back in my rocking chair. It's uh, one of the most comfortable <laughs> chairs in uh, South Australia, and uh, luckily it's in my house because uh, I can't uh, go to anyone else's place. <laughs> I've just had my uh, second ice cream after dinner. Things are travelling quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> you boys look like you're living luxury. You're all uh, snugged up in your beanies and hoodies, and I'm at work in my work attire. It's a very different kind of day, but it is uh, something I suppose we didn't really expect. If you if you were talking about uh, you know South Australia going into lockdown over the weekend you probably would have laughed but because we've been so good at dodging it for so long and and looking after our our health system and and ourselves in the community for so long but yet here we are we uh a few days so much can change very quickly yeah, well, uh, so I can, I'll, I'll still a uh, line from uh, Ron Burgundy. It escalated pretty quickly. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember on the weekend I was uh, pl- planning, uh, although I had, uh, I was, I'm supposed to do a, a long run on on the weekend for my marathon training. Well, uh, it's a two and a half k radius around my house now. Yeah. <laughs> to be running special oh, in my house, so that's <laughs> that's how it's es- escalated. So, uh, but uh, no, it just it just feels feels normal again it feels like uh, 2020 it's back to 2020 yeah it does feel like 2020 it's unbelievable how uh, fast we've sort of progressed back to this point i only remember yeah not that long ago dal that we were having these conversations um via or via google hangouts now it seems to be <laughs> via google meet at the moment so they've changed our whole platform <laughs> it's all changing so it's uh it's a bizarre time and geez what a big day as well considering you know at the start of the day we thought that you know the afl team's we're going to go to Melbourne, then all of a sudden they're staying in Adelaide and now they're jetting off to Melbourne. As we speak, as we sort of recording this podcast, they're on a flight right now going over so they can get their games away. How much of a farce was that would have been today? Mm. Packing your bags, unpacking your bags, oh. packing your bags again. You, you, you just clearly, if you're an AFL footballer these days, you just keep a, let's have a suitcase in the corner with a month's worth of clothes in it and yeah. just don't touch it. Yeah, I spent today sort of on the case of this, just trying to find out how things were going on an hour-by-hour basis and really more minute-by-minute minute, because it was just, yeah. there was every every half an hour there's something different happening. You thought, all right, well, at midday, the Crows and Port Adelaide were flying to Melbourne um, because they just had to get out of the state. And then it was conversation around, oh, but they might be going to Queensland. Oh, okay, so that okay, the plane might go to Queensland. Oh, no, now they're going to stay put in Adelaide and uh, they might be able to get exemptions for Collingwood and Hawthorne to come here. Oh, okay, well, that's mm-hmm. good. And so players have got to the, uh, you know, the clubs with all their bags and they have to, you know, drop them off and then leave them there because they might not go anywhere and they're told to go home. And then there's talk of a showdown here with no crowd. And then there's the AFL steps in again and they say we we might have to take you back to Melbourne again. It was just a ridiculous. It was a it was a huge farce to be honest. And 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 
did, and by three o'clock, this was happening over like a three and a half hour span, and we just had no idea what was going on. I end up just calling one of the port players and going, mate, did you actually go home? Are you still at the club? What have you done with your bags? Are you still going? Are you staying? What's the what's the go? And even then, they had no answers. It was just such a bizarre afternoon. They were on standby mode the whole time. But we finally got there. We have two fixtures that have only changed, really, um, in venue, and they're both in Victoria rather than being in Adelaide, and that's all that's changed in the last 24 hours since uh, Hawthorne and the Collingwood games were set in Adelaide, which was, again, another change during the week. I think both clubs have had three different opponents sort of <laughs> set to them in the last <laughs> half a week. I don't know how their match review is going to go, but um, good luck to them. The, um, the, like I can say on Monday, as um, the level four restrictions were getting uh, said at the press conference, so literally the AFL right as Stephen Marshall was saying, we're <laughs> yeah. in level four restrictions down. Hey, there's another game at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. And we're like, um, <laughs> probably don't think so, mate. Yeah, um, it's probably right. might, have to re- might have to revisit that. And uh, mm. 24 hours later, uh, <laughs> she's all off. As much as I, you know, you want to keep the season rolling as well, the thought of having a showdown without crowds here just goes, you know, beggars belief, really. You, you know, the whole point of the showdown is the two big rivalries, making sure mm. there's, you know, as many people as we can jam into Adelaide Oval as possible, you know, 53 to 56,000 people, um, even though we probably even won't get that the next time they play, it'll probably only be 75%, if that. Um, the thought of having no crowds there and for Boki to have his 300th oh. in front of no fans, it turns out now he's probably going to do the same in Victoria anyway. Um, it was an interesting afternoon because on one hand, you want the teams to stay here and you feel for the players. On the other hand, we still want to be able to go the footy. So it's a good – in one way that they can go and get the games away. But also there's, there's some questions to be asked about SA Health because – I'm led to believe that they went through um, an exemption process, both the footy clubs, and they weren't granted the ability to train Mm. here in Adelaide. So they really had no, I'm not sure if they had no choice in the end, but they were down to minimal choices really because you can't be here and play on the weekend if you're not allowed to train during the week. So they go to Victoria now and they're able to train over there and then play over there. So it was an interesting sort of afternoon where we were hearing that they couldn't even take to the field and and really just have a a run through or or a workout. So it was was quite strange in that regard. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think um, um, the the crux of the matter is SA Health kicked the Crows and Port out. They had had no choice. And uh, it would have been interesting if the showdown did get ticked off. It would have been a showdown uh, this weekend without no teams uh, training. That would have been uh, Mm. quite quite interesting to see. But uh, it's not going to happen now. And and I think... Personally, I think the Crows and Port Adelaide should go to the AFL and and say we want the showdown to be the last round, just to give that buffer to yeah. to, to say we want as big a crowd as possible. And if fixtures are changing left, right, and centre, if the showdown could be round twenty three, mm. especially for the the, the Crows um, footy club, and because they didn't have a home showdown last year, they, they need as many. Fans and uh, sell it out as as to to make up from yeah. last year as well. So uh, uh, I think the showdown should be in round twenty three. Yeah, I agree. There's about forty different matchups I think left in the in the season forty odd or something, and so the AFL are seriously looking at what could be a footy frenzy for sure, which we saw late last year where basically it was footy every day for about thirty days, and it was pretty good. But it was just a smart way for them to be able to avoid borders and 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 all this waiting in the middle of a week, which they don't need to wait with now if they just get a game on every single day they're just knocking them all off quickly and they can get to the finals 
quicker. Um, the talk of the pre-finals buy coming into effect this week was a, was a thought as well. Um, something also got considered, and uh, I mean, do we do we want the pre-finals buy? Is it really worth it? They talked about you know the show must go on; it can't stop now. Otherwise, it, if you do stop in the middle of the season, it's very hard to get started again. You're doing that anyway with the pre the pre-finals buy, so it was an interesting consideration that one. But when you mentioned just before Dale that the Crows and Port Adelaide may have played a showdown here in Adelaide um, this week, and it wouldn't have been very good for the Adelaide Football Club, they pushed really, really hard today um, to make sure that they didn't get uh, a showdown in round 19 in front of nobody because that was their that's a big loss from last year financially mm. for them. They lost, uh, I think it was nearly half a mil because usually you pack out fifty thousand people in the Adelaide Oval for a, a home showdown that's a huge money spinner for the club in a, in, in a time where you need to to gain as as much coin as you possibly can back after losing so much last year um, they fought really really hard to make sure it didn't happen and, and I reckon you're right they will push harder as well to try and make it at a time where there are no restrictions in Adelaide so that they can have a, a full crowd and, and get maximum benefit from such a big game for, for them on the calendar yeah, it makes uh, perfect sense too and I think they'll, they'll get support from uh their rivals are across Port Road too, because that uh, that leaves uh, the power staying uh, in South Australia um, in the lead up to hopefully what what could be a, a long finals pusher for mm. them rather than uh, travelling. I think they were meant to play, uh, or they're down to play uh, the Bulldogs uh, in Melbourne in the in the final round. Yeah. So uh, I. I, I Pretty much would uh, would think that uh, Port Adelaide would would rather play the showdown in the last round rather than travel to Marvel Stadium. So Sam, you're saying that the the, the Crows were actually in favour of leaving the state. They they wanted to to get out of here and go to Victoria instead. Absolutely, and the, and the need for that was because financially it's not worth playing such a wasting such a big event for them as a as a home game and as a club in such a, a, a time where they are financially struggling, as every club is um, and every business is really, uh, to waste such a big event um, in front of no one when that is such a big money spinner getting 50,000 seats into the Adelaide Oval. And Crows, Crows their their money is made mainly on membership. Their, their core business is getting memberships sold during the season, uh, not so much walk-up ticket buyers on game day. So their membership, you don't have to have 20,000 people on game day to make money for the Adelaide Football Club as long as you secure a, a stack load of their membership um, services during the year, then, then they're basically covering that. But when it comes to showdown, bums on seats is everything. So you still need to make sure you cover that in too. And the club definitely didn't want to waste this game. So that was that was huge for them, definitely. So I'm guessing there would have been some pushback from Port Adelaide because at the same token, they're losing a big Friday night game, albeit you know yeah. now that the lockdown had been mentioned, now that no crowds have been mentioned, but they're also lo- uh, losing a big time slot sort of game. Mm. So I'm guessing there would have been some sort of pushback from them. I'm talking about you know leaving the state altogether. Yeah, well, they're, they're in a... They're, they're a uh, Push back into a corner because uh, it was either going to be no fans or no fans. So um, it's just a a matter of when the game was going to be played. And and I think Port Adelaide being on the Friday night stage, I think they'll, I think they'll uh, love that because uh, everyone's locked up and everyone will be on TV and everyone will be everyone will be watching. So um, it's a a sort of a lose lose situation for Port Adelaide. But uh, I can't. uh, Wait for uh, the power to wear their home jumpers against Collingwood in in <laughs> Melbourne. 
That'll be interesting. Can you imagine how uh, nervous the high-performance staff for both sides would have been had oh. if they've both gone into a showdown oh. without having a proper run-through during the week? <laughs> Absolutely. <Far> <laughs> I, I, I almost want to see if Port Adelaide will pull out the prison bars on that basis there, Dale, as well. Like, yes. would, would they be bold enough to do something cheeky like that, especially <laughs> in Melbourne with a home game? Well, if, uh, if the that. Sydney Swans can, can wheel out, then uh, well, <laughs> why can't Port Adelaide? It's a week where we need Jack Hudson for sure. He'd be all over that, unfortunately, away but this week. It'll be interesting to see if Collingwood wear the clash strip too in in their home state, but uh, that'll be uh, that'll be on the parcel fast board uh, ne- next week, I uh, dare say. Do you reckon the uh, the Port Faithful, do they get behind Bokey next time Port Adelaide's in town? I'm not sure in, in uh, it'll be a couple of weeks' time now when they mm. Port Adelaide play their next home game. Oh, you think there'd be some sort of uh, celebration the next the next time uh, uh, Bokey and the the power run out on Adelaide Oval? But uh, yeah, it's 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 such a incredible milestone. It's uh, it's it's one for the real uh, loyalists out there, isn't it? He could have easily uh, easily jumped ship. Uh, well, Geelong came uh, hard for him, didn't they? They well, the Chris yes. Scott came, uh, Selwood, uh, the old box and dice. Uh, I think it was Rennie, didn't Rennie? Uh, Catch him at the at the airport. Um, when, uh, like Chris Scott and yeah. uh, Geelong, I really the Geelong uh, hierarchy came to to Woo Boki back when uh, oh, there was right. tarps, yeah, tarps, tarps tarps at Footy Park. So, um, but uh, Boki stuck true, and uh, I think with Jackson Trengove uh, both resigned, and uh, That's right. Port Adelaide. Uh, Turned it all around. Well, I'm glad they picked him up because in the end, he's just turned out to be an absolute champion. And I think even I heard someone today say, and I totally agree, is that even Crows fans and other club fans just just love the way he goes about. It. He's one of those players it's hard to hate, and um, and he's so respected across the country. So such a star. Let's hope he can get uh, a, a win for his 300th anyway, and and can get something deserving. I hope in front of some fans soon as well. After what's been an amazing career, he deserves it. And even adding to that, Sam, he's been able to wind back the clock since. Since handing in the captaincy, since been he's been gone on this run as uh, their you know elite midfielder, as their mm. veteran midfielder, he's been able to wind back the clock to the point where he's been considered as one of the Brownlow favourites. You know, yeah. it's it's unbelievable what he's been able to achieve in the last couple of seasons, and it's a credit to him. It's a credit to him because I, I'm led to believe that he puts a lot of time and effort into his body, into his training schedule. He goes overseas uh, every year. Or, or Yeah, Yeah, before COVID, went overseas every year to try and um, go to America and work out over there and uh, learn from, you know, their best high-performance, you know, staff over there for all their different sports. It comes back here and he's flying. So for what he's been able to achieve in his career, and especially late in his career, it's been remarkable. Yeah, no, it's sort of a bit like Benjamin Button, really, his career. He's gotten gotten better as he's gotten older, like a fine wine, but uh, it's – I think uh, there's probably, what, another – 50, 100, 150 games left in Bokey. So we won't be be retiring any any time soon. He said he wanted to play to 40, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. 150 games? Bloody hell. Just like uh, Tom Brady, who wanted to play to his 45. (laughs) Fingers crossed he gets it. You know, if he gets to 40, he'll play play 300, well, over 400 games. Yeah. Well, if if Sean Burgoyne can get to 400, then Travis Bokey certainly can. Well, the way he dedicates his time to his fitness, absolutely he could, I'm sure. Now, the other thing that comes on the back of this, just quickly, is the sandfall. Um, both the clubs have taken, I believe, just about their full squads with them. 
So that now, with uh, if the pl- if the players of both clubs are interstate for more than uh, a couple of weeks, which at this stage with a one week lockdown in Adelaide, uh, the round sixteen fixture for the Sample will only get pushed out one week later, and the players were told to pack for five weeks potentially. They could be out for a while. This throws the Sample competition into a bit of disarray as well. The Crows and Port. Reserve teams um, a chance to to miss out and and maybe compromise what is uh, been a really good sample season. Yeah, that's that's the one competition that's uh, this whole lockdown is really going to affect. Um, you, you, you they, they can play a couple of ways here. The sample they can they can ride it out um, because you know the, the they had the split rounds coming up and they've they've also got um, another round where the crows. Play port. The Crows mm. are going to play port before the showdown uh, yep. again, like like they did previously. Yep. So there's a couple of weeks there. Plus, you probably um, if the lockdown goes for more than seven days, you, you'd expect um, the Sanford would give clubs at least a week um, without another game to prepare again. You know, it's going to bang straight, straight back um, into games, and I think they got some wiggle room. Uh, at least a good month. There you go, an extra month um, uh, to finish off the season. So, uh, and and also, it won't be uh, grand final day. Won't be city to bay day. So, well, that's no, what I was uh, thinking. There's no clash as well yeah. now. So, uh, AC, yeah. uh, you're in the gun, bud. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, the sample should really, really ride this out um, because um, they need they need the the crows and, and the port. In, in, in the competition just purely for the the evenness uh, going going into the into the finals even though probably both teams won't make it um, they, they they will shape the the final five yeah you need to keep up the integrity of the league don't you you make you got to make sure that that whoever started has to finish it as well. So it's interesting the point you make, though, Dale, about the uh, September 19th. It looks like uh, you might be out of work as well. You might be able to yeah. come to uh, the post-celebrations after the City debate. It'll probably be a – hopefully it's pre, pre-AFL finals by weekend. Maybe we can push Ooh. it out that far. Well, that, that'd be real nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> this is dangerous. I like the sound of this. Um, so September – and, of course, we should plug as well. Um, we've been raising money for uh, the Childhood Cancer Association – over the last month and a bit, Jace Kemp has been doing a very good job of getting that underway. We're going to be speaking to someone from there in the next couple of weeks, which is exciting as we build up towards mm-hmm. September 19. And uh, we may raise much needed funds. And uh, I haven't done a whole lot of running, boys, but I think with our one hour of exercise allowed at home, I'm going to be trying my best to <laughs> to do a little bit of that now. Oh, Dale, how flat were you when the, uh, the restrictions came out that you can only run 2.5 k's from your house? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it wasn't all that flat. It's just it's just running, mate. So it's um, mm. uh, so I quickly went onto Google Maps and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I measured out two point five k's from my house either way. How so far, it's actually a five k yeah. run. Yeah. So you just uh, do that uh, two or three times and uh, Bob Junkle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to say. The shops is about you know. Well, the funny thing is the San Agnes Shopping Centre where this yeah. whole thing started. <laughs> <laughs> One of the one of the COVID clusters hot points, uh, hot spots, yeah. is uh, exactly two and a half k's from my house. So oh. I'll just run to there. I'll wave to the guys <laughs> that are uh, <laughs> that are uh, you're cleaning it down, and then I'll run back. That's fantastic. So 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 how how is it out there in ground zero? Oh, it's yes. so shaky, Tree Gully ground <laughs> ground zero. 
every time I look at SA Health's website, there's more uh, exposure sites popping up around me. <laughs> Chase's so house it's, uh, next. <laughs> so, yeah, so bit, if anyone from SA Health is listening, please watch yeah. Chase, Chase Kent's yeah, house right. as an exposure site, just for a little bit of uh, giggle. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you what, it's nervous times if you live in the northeastern suburbs, that's for sure. Oh, so, I, I, yeah. saw, I saw a, a few TABs as exposure sites the other day, Jason, when I know that's checkmate, you're gone. You're gone, <laughs> I like to have uh, the, my punting at the pub, though, so I don't go into the TAB, uh, so it definitely wasn't yes. me. I did, I did <laughs> like that. We saw it was a TAB and a Dan Murphy's all like back-to-back timings within the hour or two on the same Saturday and Sunday. It's sensational. It's good form. That's great, yeah. And now, uh, speaking of punting, there's going to be a lot of people doing that uh, from Friday night onwards because... When lockdown begins, our TV sets turn on and we have to find out what's on telly, and that is the Olympic Games. That is going to be front and centre for a lot of people here in Australia over the next couple of weeks. Exciting that it's actually going to happen because we missed out on it last year as COVID began, but at the same time, there's questions around whether it should still happen anyway. 12 months on in Tokyo, we are having COVID cases pop up inside the Athletes' Village a whole week out from the opening ceremony. Such an interesting discussion, but I think... The purist and sport lover in me still is excited that the games are going ahead. How do you guys feel? Yeah, it'll be it, – it's exciting. Well, once you turn the TV on, I think uh, people will forget what um, <laughs> sort of for a little bit, for five minutes, uh, the world that we're all living in. It will look like the Olympic Games, you know, there will probably be – the only thing is uh, the, the, the broadcasters will, will, will pan it um, beautifully so you can't mm. recognise that there's no fans. Yeah. Uh, I hope there's no fake noise because, geez, the fake noise <laughs> in the St Kilda Play game last week was nothing short of atrocious. But, um, <laughs> um, but, um, the, um, but no, the Olympic Games, uh, super pumped uh, for the Olympic Games. And uh, I was actually – I was on a on, on on a work meeting hookup today with people in Tokyo uh, yeah. from 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 News Corp and uh, Tokyo at the minute is in a state of emergency, so not a lockdown, wow. state of emergency, wow. and uh, you can you can still walk down the street and go to the pub. So uh, so that's <laughs> uh, if you put it in perspective. Wow. Um, but uh, no, Olympic Games, it's it's well really the the basketballer in me, it's it's the boomers and and nothing else. Mind, but I think we're going to scoop the scoop the pool. Pardon the pun. Mm. Uh, in the pool and uh, on on the cycling track, I think Australia could be bringing home a swag of uh, of gold medals. That's my tip. I'm with you, Dale. I think the the build up has been such a strange build up for the Olympic Games, but I think now that it's here, now that we're only a couple of days away from the opening ceremony, you know, it, it, you do get that bit of a buzz about being able to see. Sports from all across the world, you know, the best sports and men and women from all across the world compete against each other. And, and there is a, a certain thrill about that as well. And, and, the, and the great thing about the Olympic Games is you get to watch some sports that you don't watch for yeah. another four years' time. You know what I mean? You get to, you know, like a equestrian or, you know, the, the Roman wrestling. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You get to watch some really weird stuff <laughs> that you might not watch again for another four years. And I'm all about that sort of stuff. And there's some great stories in, in those sports as well. So, you know, bring it on, I, I say, and I found it really funny during the week how, you know, even though that, you, as you mentioned, that 
um, Japan's going through this massive um, COVID, you know, rise at the moment mm, or what, what have you. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. But but the the biggest talking point during the week was the the beds, the cardboard beds, and if you could or couldn't oh, have sex on them. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the biggest takeaway. <laughs> that was we had that we had that story two years ago on the press yeah, box. We, we had did. that. That was, was one, of the, one of the first the passes or fasts. Yeah, that's I agree. right. I remember that. The cardboard <laughs> beds. <laughs> <laughs> and so, then, when that story read its ugly head again this week, um, it was like, uh, well, not not everyone uses a bed. That's right. And the Irish bloke decided to um, get on there and see if they could uh, have two people on there. Yeah. So he got on there and started jumping up and down to make sure that it was all good to go. So he said it was fake news and yeah. that you could, in fact, um, <laughs> you could, in fact, probably get away with having a bit of a romp on the, uh, the cardboard beds. <laughs> and, in the I, and I think I think the cardboard bed, I think once you finish, you can fold it up and take it home. It fits can, in your suitcase. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> and that's you can fold good. it back and fold it again. Oh, my word. Well, this is the guy. He's the Irish. Irish um, weightlifter, was he? I think he was. Oh, no, he's a yeah, gymnast. So. Irish gymnast, that's right. And he, Gee, If he's a weightlifter and he and he doesn't... Uh, it's right. no, no, that's no, a, no, gymnast, that's he wasn't that big. No, Reese McLennigan is from Ireland. Have a listen to him. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake, fake news. It's fake news. <laughs> That's, That's so great. good. <laughs> what a star! Glad we debunked that. <laughs> His only problem now is to uh, to is to woo someone into that uh, into that cardboard box. <laughs> oh oh boy, it's set to break now. That he's jumped on it that much. Uh, well, before we go on anywhere further, before we get to root of the week, um, we should mention that, the, of course, the press box is brought to you by the Inner Sanctum. They are doing some great things during the Olympic Games as well. There's a reason Jack Hudson isn't with us today, and that is because they are getting themselves set. He and all his, uh, I wouldn't call them Hudsonites because they're not quite that far up his backside, but they certainly are great, <laughs> great budding journalists, and that's what the Inner Sanctum does. Um, and he's a fantastic uh, leader and, and mentor for them. He's doing a session with them to talk about how to prepare and write for the Olympics. And they're going to be doing a lot of that over the next few weeks. So if you want some really good coverage of the games in Tokyo, hop on the innersanctum.com today. You, Hutto and all his fantastic journos who are up and rising will uh, will be covering it fantastically for you there at, uh, at the website. So Hutto's running a lecture. He is. He's, he's now a professor. <laughs> I hope he's not trying to recruit more Hudsonites, that's for sure. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what, I'm getting oh, full dear. sick of that term. I've had oh, enough of that. If anyone's got a recording of that lecture, could you please just uh, send it to us? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. And they'd be like the, the TikTok guy, wouldn't it? The, are those lectures? Oh. Wouldn't it be like the TikTok guy with the with the New South Wales cases? Would it sort of be a bit like that, wouldn't it, with the whiteboard? How about how about that dude? That was incredible. He was nail. He had some good mail. That bloke. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, the truth. Him. That's what he had. They tripped him up though, didn't they? I think they set Certainly him some did. traps. They did. They got him well. All right, time for root of the week. 
Well, this route of the week goes out to the Colonel Light Gardens Football Club and more specifically a player by the name of Bryce Smith. Now, Bryce, he's the uh, he's a player for, for uh, Colonel Light Gardens, but more importantly, his nose is what <laughs> is what stood out the most during the week because Colonel Light Gardens were facing Lockley's Football Club and it come down to the last kick of the game. The Lockley's captain went back to slot a goal. They were down by two points. All he needed to do was slot one through from about 15 metres out, dead in front. And as he went back, as he went back to go, everyone there watching it, filming it, thought the game was over. Even the Lockleys boys, if you have a look (laughs) at the video, they they were almost in celebration. And I kid you not, the bloke goes in, the captain of the Lockleys Football Club, walks in, kicks it, and then kicks it into the face <laughs> of the Colonel Light Gardens player in Bryce Smith. Kicks it right into his nose, in actual fact. Breaks his nose. <laughs> and Falcon. It is and, broke his nose. And Colonel Light Gardens win the game. Wow. It's it's one of the great Falcons of all time. It's one of the great <laughs> football stories of all time. I'm pretty sure even the news crews went out to him this week just to interview him. But how bizarre that you, 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 every kid dreams of this moment. Every yeah. single kid dreams of winning, of dreams of kicking the, the goal after the siren to win the match. But this bloke, the captain of uh, of um, Lockleys, went back, had that opportunity, probably was thinking oh, in his head was no. how good is this going to be tonight? How good is this going to – how good is the celebrations going to be? Everyone's going to be getting around me. Yeah. And sure enough, he goes back. And apparently what had happened was when he turned his back on the uh, the player, Bryce, Bryce actually took a couple of steps forward. Oh. So he actually went a little bit off the mark. Cheeky. So. It, so yeah, he a little bit of a well, yeah. Well, wow, we're accusing that. him of cheating yeah. as well. And so, he, and he, so he, apparently the player, <laughs> the player didn't know it, <laughs> the, gap, the gaps oh. in between. Uh, well, neither did the umpire. Player. Clearly, the umpire turned yeah. his back. Umpire wasn't looking. Yeah. That's unbelievable. But, um, the, the other thing that that I pointed out uh, was if it was the AFL, he wouldn't have been able to jump, would he? So if he no. couldn't, it would have no. been just stand still. So it would have been a goal. So he wouldn't have been able to jump up and. Cup of footy in the face. That's true. Do yourself a favour. Go on one of our um, Facebooks or uh, or our Twitter pages. Yep. I've retweeted it. I'm sure the press box will retweet yep. it. It's one of the great videos of all time. And then one of the players, from, keep an eye on one of the players from Colonel Light Gardens because he absolutely gets stuck into the to one of the blokes, so the captain that missed it because he was on his, he was on his haunches and the bloke comes over and absolutely gives him a mouthful before he goes in to celebrate. It's one of the great sprays. That is sensational. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I told you guys about that yarn of, uh, of me kicking a point for the opposition over my head out of the goal square and, and losing the game. Like th- this is more embarrassing than that. Getting a broken, oh, sorry, kicking it into a bloke's face. I mean, how bad is that? But anyway, you can't. Not the everyone's blo- the perfect. The bloke's nose should be immortalised at the club. <laughs> <laughs> like a he gave him a real sniff, didn't he, to win it? Didn't oh, he? gee whiz. <laughs> Time for Parcel Fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 It's a farce. It ends farcically. The rules are a farce. Farce, farce, farce. What a farce. Absolute farce, that was. That sounds farcical. That was farcical. It's farcical. It was a total farce. It was a bit of a farce. It's a disgrace. Rightio, uh, well, uh, seeing that we're all in lockdown and uh, there's really only one uh, one reason why we're all sitting uh, here on uh, Zoom, Google Hangouts, in my rocking chair, at home, everyone's in their lounge room, um, it's removalists. 
pass or fast. Oh, so we're, I like what removals do as a job. I think it's a fine <laughs> occupation. Are you having a crack at particular people removals who go to Taliban? may not have been at McLaren Vale. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, oh, I hear about a language barrier and all these sorts of things, but seriously, mate, there's QR codes everywhere. They've been around for about 9, 10, 12 months. Yeah, if you don't know about QR them, you're not doing something right. QR codes were around when I was in my 20s. That's how uh, old they oh, are. Seriously. Something's not quite right here. This is a farce. Yeah, tough one. It's an uh, interesting one. They they sound like – it sounds like they – I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to do the right thing. I'm mm. not sure if there was – like you mentioned a language barrier or if they were um, – yeah, it's it, it's a tough one without knowing all the facts. It's – I don't know. I don't know if it's a pass or fast. There's, a, there's another story happening in New South Wales where apparently someone had passed away in their family, which oh. is, is, is awful to hear about too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence with this one. Oh, <laughs> way to put a dampener on, Jase. <laughs> well, well, it goes to show that, that, that this virus doesn't pick and choose. Yeah. Right? It doesn't pick and choose. And you can walk around. You could you could be even training for a marathon. And mm. you could you could have it. You could – it's called asymptomatic and you could – and it doesn't even like I'm. I was telling the tuggers before. Uh, I, I was shit ass at science, mm. but even I know that it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. You can still carry the virus. You, you can still spread the yep. virus. So it doesn't matter if you've if you haven't had the vaccination or you've had you've had your two doses or yep. you've you've even had it. Um, you can still that's right spread all the germs around. So just just everyone just. Stay home, do nothing. That's right. And Stay safe. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we can all go to the footy again. That's what we hope. Radio. <laughs> well, we were talking a lot about showdown uh, earlier, mm. but what about this? I, I saw footage during the week of uh, Taylor Walker's son. He's uh, kicking a footy, mm. which is which is good news for Crows fans. But Taylor Walker's son was kicking a Port Adelaide. Oh, footy! What? <laughs> yeah. Pass what? what is this? What? No, I'm not happy with this. Oh, but this is real Dale Fletcher pa- parenting right here. Just I mean, the whole idea of being a parent. I think that's one of the luxuries of being a parent is you get to sort of mould what your child grows up with and loves and enjoys. And if you don't do it properly, they'll end up supporting some team that you don't like. Uh, you can't have that. Come on, you've got to be better than that, Tex. This is a farce. It's a huge farce. He's finally worked out which side he should be playing for, <laughs> oh, the family should yeah, be going yeah. towards. It's a, it's a massive farce. The Sun clearly knows which uh, which is the, the team for all South Australians, and, uh, and, and Tex, hopefully, <laughs> we're cotton on as well. So, huge pass for me. Well, it's a pass because I know exactly where uh, where little little Tex is, is coming from because uh, – um, uh, Kids these days, well, kids forever, really. Um, the, they always back a winner. Oh, they always back a winner. Now, oh. now, <laughs> I can tell you that Archie started barracking for West Coast purely because we sat down and the first footy game he watched was West Coast building the absolute, <laughs> uh, you know what, out of Port Adelaide, and that's where the West Coast love started. 
and he backed him back backed in a winner and good on him and he's he's backed in a winner and that's his team so uh Mate. clearly clearly little texas seen the last showdown and I'm, went well daddy you're not good enough this is, this uh, I is want right a up, footy. this is right up the alley of like participation medallions and stuff when you lose you've got to teach your kids <laughs> a hardship of going through with your team when they're ups and they're downs i don't give it if he likes to follow winners that's great your life's going to be happy but you're never going to really be happy when your team that you followed through the tough times gets up come on Tex and you, Dale. I'm pointing the finger at you, Dale. You may be better than this. You're going to make your kid go for Port Adelaide, and Tex is going to make his kid go for Adelaide. This is not good enough in this day and age. Well, uh, my, my son's team's actually won a flag during his lifetime, so he's actually in front. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, rightio. Okay, next one. Uh, now, uh, we were talking about penalty shootouts last week after Jay survived the uh, the Italian job on Carrington Street. But um, what about oh, all the By the calls? way, before that goes any further, <laughs> yes. Jace was on Media Street for this. He was on Media Watch on the ABC. <laughs> I started getting tags, and then I was like, and then someone from uh, my office is like, "You're on Media Watch," and the first thing you think of when when someone says you're on Media Watch is like, "Oh no, what have I said or what yeah, have I done here?" Bad. Is yeah, something awful. And then I watch, and I got named in it as well. You did. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Oh, amazing. Uh, so, uh, speaking of penalty shootouts, what about all the people calling for a penalty shootout after the Melbourne Hawthorne draw on Saturday night, past or fast? Well, I mentioned this last week to you blokes, and Jack Hudson mm. just shut it down within seconds, saying it was the dumbest topic we've ever talked about on a podcast in the history of podcasts. So, <laughs> I feel like that's a bit of a fast, and if we're going to agree on that, it's a fast. <laughs> Why are we still talking about it? <laughs> I um I'm a fan. I'm I reckon this has got legs. I, I think oh. it's a it's a fair way to uh, it's a fair way to get a result after a draw. You know, it's, you get your people, you line them up, and they all try and kick a goal and penalty shootout. I love it. <laughs> I would only tick it off on on one. There, there's got to be one rule. What? What's that? It has to be torpedoes. Oh, yes. now I'm on board. <laughs> I love that. That's good. None of this drop punt rubbish or around yes. the corner, buddy. Easy. How from far tenor. out? Oh. 60. No. <laughs> 60. 50. How many torn hamstrings would there be? Shootouts. <laughs> 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 Worth it. We'd that, be all right, Jace. We got the cannon, so we're fine. That's must watch so, viewing. That's right. <laughs> cannon up against the sea. That'd Talk, be some and viewing. I bet you. And I bet you, if we clip this up, uh, I bet you Mick Malloy would have one hundred percent agree with me. Torps, mm. torp penalty shootout. That's good. I'm a big fan of it. We'll put a Twitter poll up there on a a Pressbox uh, Twitter account. That's a ripper. Should be Torps. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Next one. After Jack Rewald, how about if uh, Travis Boak plays like Jack Rewald did in his 300th, he'd be be quite happy. But uh, (laughs) what about after the game, after Jack Rewald has uh, torn uh, the Brisbane Lions to shreds, he's actually – he hasn't gone the the Richmond polo. He's he's worn the, the Tassie AFL. T-shirt oh. during the interviews. Oh. So uh, Jack Rewalt's uh, political statement pass off. Well, I, I, you know what? I kind of like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of this. We want to see the, the Tassie players around the country get behind the Tassie team. And this is yet another statement that they are all passionate and everyone wants it. And I have nothing against this. So good on you, Jack. Keep wearing it. Keep fighting the good fight. Everyone wants to see Tassie in the comp. Bring him on. 
Pass. Well, I'm a huge fan of this as well. He's a Tassie boy from way back. He um he started his career there. He was born there, and then he um went to Melbourne with his old man and and started his career at uh, at Richmond. Apparently, his old man is a legend down in Tasmania. Yeah, right. Like he he played he played a heap of games down there and um, is considered one of the legends at the club. So, yeah, I'm all for this. Tasmania needs to happen, and the more mm. people that get behind it, the more people that are from Tasmania that are creating a little bit of history in the AFL or, or you know doing their things. On the mainland, they need to get behind Tasmania to make sure they continue pushing this because the only way that the team's going to come in is if all their voices are heard, basically. And so, you know, it's a it's a definitely a pass for uh, Jack to do that. Yeah, a huge pass, uh, Jack Rewald. I think uh, I think he's I think he's counting the years, thinking, uh, "Oh, I really want to really want to play for this team." And uh, I think the, the body clocks are running out uh, quite fast, but. Uh, he would have to be the number one marquee signing if yeah. if they come come in within the next uh, few years, just so he can run around at least for one season mm. uh, for the Tassie team. Uh, Jack Rewall, big pass. Uh, okay, so uh, last one. It's going to be pretty controversial, but uh, uh, this this is what I bring to the table. <laughs> uh, the real Olympic flavour to this um, is is Liz Cambage. Worse Ooh. than Ben Simmons. Oh, wow. Past or fast. Okay, can we clarify in what way? Uh, as humans. <laughs> <laughs> as I said before. She's so... Oh. I'm gonna, as an Australian, uh, oh, oh. is Liz Cambage worse than Ben Simmons? Look, I, I'm going to base this on the facts that we have at hand. Liz Cambage has put out a statement saying she's having issues with mental health. And even though, in my opinion, that does not excuse what is currently being investigated as reportedly some things behind the scenes, her behavior hasn't been great, we will have to base that for now on the fact that she is having some mental health issues. So on the basis of that, and the basis that Ben Simmons has not done anything like that and he's just choosing not to attend the Olympics, I'm going to still say that Ben Simmons, for whatever reason we're doing this exercise, is worse than Liz because Liz is having some tough times and we have to back her in. I actually think it's an absolute shame that two of our best basketballers aren't going to be competing for us at the Olympics. And I think it's it's it, it's a farce in that regard. You know, I, mm. I, I don't care about what sort of struggle. Well, they've both had struggles, you know. Yeah. And I, no, I, I want to rephrase that. I do care what, that they're going through. But I, I feel like there's more at play here. And I really hope that both our men's and women's sides can overcome you know, the loss of having two big superstars pull out of their – teams so close to the games and, yeah. and that they were able to rally without them. I, I do feel for what's going with Ben. He wants to take time away to, to work on his game and not go to the Olympics. And it sounds like Liz is going through a pretty, pretty bad time as well. So she needs to go away and focus on her mental health, which is, you know, super important. Um, as for who's worse or who's better, you know, I, I think that's almost irrelevant. I, I think it's I, – I, I hope that both teams now go on and, and – Win a medal because at the end of the day, if they go on and win a medal, oh. and then the two people, the two big stars that pulled out, don't get there and don't win that, you know, they're you know, lost. it shows them exactly they're lost. So it's a um, it's a farce in that regard, mm. I guess. You know, it, 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 it's a farce. It, it's disappointing. That's the that's the number one um, word that comes to mind in both things. Disappointing. So it's uh, Liz Cambridge is arguably one of the best uh, female basketballs in the world, if not. Uh, the best, or cl- clearly one of the top three most dominant yeah. uh, female basketballers in the world, and would have would have easily averaged thirty points a game yeah. 
in the Olympics and and Ben uh, Ben Simmons uh, the same like you know NBA All Stars don't grow on trees so mm. for the Australian Boomers and the Opals to be I think in the conversation of winning the gold medal without both of them not even there is a testament to just how good our basketball um, programs are and uh, you can tell like the the day after. Liz Cambridge quits the Olympic team. Um, the Opals beat Team USA yeah. for the first time in eleven years or whatever it was. So, uh, and then uh, the Boomers have beaten Team Team USA without uh, Ben Simmons uh, the last two times I played them. So, um, it's a uh, it's a farce that, the, that they're not there. But uh, it's just a credit that to the Boomers and the Opals, I think, will both come home mm-hmm. with a medal. Oh, I love that. No, you know what? I hope you're right because they are such good teams, teams that we've learned to love so dearly for so long. So let's hope for the best and plenty of others. Speaking of gold medals and speaking of results at the Olympics, I'm thinking why don't we do a lockdown multi to wrap up the show tonight? Just something for those punters at home who've got nothing better to do but to waste their money and I hope you gamble responsibly doing this over the next seven days, South Australia. But Everyone's, um, everyone's spent their money on the uh, dunny paper, haven't they? Well, yeah. I, I was going to put toilet oh. paper hoarding in tonight, but... Well, you can't thought, do it. Uh, we, we all know what that means. We've done that a million times. I've gone to Sportsbet, and they've got some good uh, little bits and pieces going on, some specials and whatnot. Uh, Australia total medals. Let's start with that one, perhaps. Um, total medals. Over total. or under 11.5 total gold medals. What do we think? 11.5. Oh, how many, how, many we win, how many we win in swimming? Probably got two or three there just in swimming alone. Yeah. We'll, we'll win, we'll win ten, 10 gold in the pool, if you ask me. Yep. 10. Nice. All right. Yeah, over, overs. All right, that's good. Um, how about uh, Australia's mm-hmm. uh, most gold medals, the swimming team versus the rest of the Olympic team? So the swimming Ooh. team is going at $1.36 to win yeah. uh, more gold medals than the rest of the Aussie Olympic team, which is at 3 bucks. What side yeah, are we on no, there? Swimming. <laughs> swimming. Swimming team? <laughs> what, else, what else are we going to win a medal in? Uh, <laughs> no, the, the cyclists are very good, mate. There's a lot of gold medals at the Velodrome. That's mm, good. That's true. That's good. That's good. Um, I'm looking at some other ones. Uh, there's lots So what do we of, go uh, with? The swimmers? Swimmers? Swimmers there as well. And then mo- how about we do this one as well? Most gold medals overall. Now, the USA are going $1.09 to win that. But then China's second at 6 bucks, And then Japan, 26 bucks mm. in third. They're, it's almost like you're, you're going to lose money going anywhere else. So what do we think? Oh well, I'm I'm um, I'm sort of a bit torn here, but I'm I'm going China. Yeah, China. I would have gone China. I reckon China too. Bit of value mm. for China at six bucks. All right, let's chuck all that into a multi, and it's all going to add up to. Oh boys, <laughs> you can't make a multi out of it. They're all single bets. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, but, but for, me. For, for the sake of the exercise, do it yourself at home, and you can work it out yourself. I've buggered that up anyway. That's why I don't do the multi. It's a, it's a DIY multi. <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> add the odds up. Well, yourself. well luckily, luckily. Tuggers, something uh, now, Kempy. There, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. something dear to Sam Tugwell's heart. Yes, and yeah. it's on Wednesday morning. It's Game Six. Oh, oh of, yes, of, of the NBA Finals after <laughs> Tuggers's sons went. Something to win the last three, don't they? Context, at, at context home. for everyone. The Suns were up two zip in a best of seven series, and they're now down three two. They have gone and, choke. And, and, 
And in game five, Jace, we're up by 20 oh, points. I know. I watched 16. the last half. 16. Unbelievable. 16. Yeah, no, don't, don't blow it out. <laughs> 16's closer to 0. Oh, man. We came um, within a point with the last position. How good was the alley-oop from, oh. alley from Giannis? It wasn't good, it, it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. So, uh, so, so, game six, game six tomorrow. Now, uh, just because, just because I don't want to rub it in, I'm not going to pick who's going to win. Tuggers, oh, thanks. this is this is a multi for everyone. Yep, out there, just purely on performance. Yes. So, uh, so, uh, Giannis will get eight rebounds. Yep, he'll get twenty five points. Oh, please don't. But yep, DeAndre Ayton will get eight rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, your man Devin Booker will score twenty five plus. Yes. Pat Connington will hit two threes just to really just put a stake in your heart, Tuggers, for the Bucks. <laughs> but but then Jay Crowder will hit two threes down the other end, so that'll that'll even that out. Chris Paul will score fifteen plus points, and Chris Middleton will score twenty plus oh, points. Mate, that does bag that up. It's it's four dollars fifty, but uh, sports bet. Uh, uh, Gave me twenty bucks because they went offline over the weekend. So I've put I've put, put, I've put the whole twenty on it. <laughs> Gamble responsibly, everyone. That sounds like bloody yeah. That's a that's a well. Let's hope it's a Suns win anyway. I want two wins and I can be very happy by next week. Otherwise, I may not be uh, back on the show. I've got a lot of grey hair. I look like Dale Fletcher actually without dye in his hair. That's that's me after the last three weeks of NBA Finals. I have I, I'm really starting to get a bit upset. But anyway. It's just about time for us to get going. Um, but Jace, you, what's that? What are you doing on your phone? What are you doing? I've just, look, I've just had a look here because I get the little updates from ten, and, and it looks like Gavin Wanganeen's been voted off Survivor. He's oh two, no! With, with oh. three episodes in, he's, he's off. <laughs> I knew something was amiss when they oh. weren't promoting him on the posters or anything, and I was like, "That's a bit strange." <laughs> and then sure enough, tonight I find out he's bloody been voted off. Oh, what's he done wrong? <laughs> That's I don't know. Really I think he might have got copped a blind side by the looks oh, of it. Jeez, people wouldn't <laughs> have to go back and watch it. <laughs> Reality TV—they get rid of the good ones first. Get rid of all the good ones first. What are they calling? Mean, he, can play, he can play on the weekend now. He's a, he <laughs> might go back to Moonta. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Ten play? Go and watch it on ten play. Give it. That's right. Go watch a ten play. Jason, plug. Hey, uh, time for us to get going. We'll be back next week. Plenty more. Uh, hopefully. The footy uh, doesn't crumble in amongst all this COVID chaos and uh, we win a few gold medals by the time we meet next week. Lads, good to see you. Enjoy lockdown. Thanks, boys, and everyone, stay home. I'm going to go have my third ice cream. <laughs> see you, gents. <laughs>